Holy crap, what a day. Welcome to another special edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manfred, the whirlwind trade deadline, and we're here for an emergency podcast. We had to get this in today. So many deals made. So many deals made. And I've got Robert Stangler and my brother Noah Manerfeld here with me for this very important podcast. We had to get something out before our normal Sunday recording. And we're going to go over some of the most important deals here in a quick format. So I got the two guys with me. Guys, what a crazy, crazy day. Holy crap. I mean, I... It's the same thing. I mean, every I feel like half the deals broke after three o'clock. It was like a two to four hour, two two o'clock to four o'clock window where just everything happened. I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of Twitter without seeing another deal happen. I mean, are we really surprised though, guys, that it all happened at the end here? I mean, the way the market was running, I mean, it's, yeah. it's not really a shocker that it's, it's all really, happened it's really at the end. Who was going to break, think. seller? Yeah, or it buy. was more. It was more of who's going where for me as a shocker, but I don't think. The fact that how long it took was a difference. I think it, I mean, it finished at how it should have been right in the end. Yep. And yeah, you, you make a good point. Uh, before we get into kind of the deep dive here on some of these, uh, some of these trades, I do want to remind you we're on all the podcast platforms iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. You can email your questions to the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's the Stitches Podcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at stitches pod again that's at stitches pod so yeah guys crazy day today uh after that three o'clock deadline all the flurry of trades came in robert you were at work so you kind of had the you're blissfully unaware of all these trades coming in but no one i were yeah no one i were messaging at this while this all these trades were coming in and it's just one after another one after another Perhaps the biggest trade of this trade deadline, and maybe even in recent years, definitely the biggest trade this year, Zach Greinke from the Arizona Diamondbacks goes to the uh, to the Houston Astros for a four-prospect package. Um, the four prospects, Seth Beer, Corbin Martin, J.B. Bukakis, Bukakis, I they cannot pronounce that name, <laughs> and uh, Josh Rojas. <laughs> and those are all pretty well-known prospects. Corbin Martin's probably the biggest prospect on there. He's hurt right now, but he's one of their top prospects. A huge deal. Granke is going to the Astros. That makes them, a, uh, honestly, that makes them a super team and separates them from the rest of the American League. But first reaction from you guys, Robert, Granke to the Astros. Yeah, I mean, I knew one of them, either Granky or Robbie Ray, was going to get traded. It's just there's so much buzz about it. So I mean, it's not a shocker that it was going to be one of those guys. I think the shocker for me is how much the Astros gave up. And mm-hmm. obviously, Granky's controllable now. You have him for what? What is it like? Four more years? Three more years? Something like that? Nine through twenty twenty one. Yeah, so you got so him for three more years. Three more years. So I mean, it makes sense. I just think that the Astros gave up a ton to get him because if you look at how old he is, he's not young, guys. I mean, he's still putting out, but he's not young. He hasn't pitched in the playoffs in a long time, and he's never won a World Series, obviously. So there's there's a lot of uh, pressure on him going to Houston now. Yeah, I think this is really important for the Astros, too, because they're going to be losing Garrett Cole and Wade Miley after the season. So they needed kind of that that anchor. They have Justin Verlander, of course, but Granke's going to bolster that rotation. Uh, Noah, the Astros are clear favorites in the American League, right? After this. Yeah, the Astros, the Astros have to be. I mean, you've got Cole, Verlander, and Granke. 
theoretically, you only have to go, if you play right, one start without those guys going in a seven-game series, in a five-game series. You might even you know, get off with them starting four of those five games. This is a, absolutely huge. But looking at the Diamondback side, I mean, they did get a halt. And they're paying, what, a third of Granky's salary for the next three years. But they got Josh Rojas, who right now, by the way, 20 home runs and 32 stolen bases combined in the minor leagues this year. Year's not even finished. I mean, he's and he's in AAA right now, of course, Corbin Martin. So, I mean, if you're the Diamondbacks, you've got to be very, very happy with your return. Uh, and, I mean, they made a couple more deals as well, so the rotation isn't completely decimated. So, big win for the Diamondbacks and for the Astros. They're clearly all in on a, another World Series this year. Keep listening to those stats. They sound good. They're great. I like the sound Four strikeouts only this year. That's not yeah. bad. And according to MLB.com, Beer Bukakis, Bukakis, yeah, I don't even want, I should just stop trying to say that <laughs> name. JB, JB, yeah, and Corbin Martin are their top five prospects in the Astros system. So the D-backs truly did get a haul in this one. Yeah, All right, so the next, the next biggest deal came on Tuesday night. This wasn't during the day today, but uh, a big blockbuster happened last night. Trevor Bauer goes to Cincinnati Reds. The Indians get Framel Reyes and Yasiel Puig. And um, and the Padres get Taylor Trammell. There's one more player that went back to the Indians, but he's kind of a lesser-known prospect. But definitely a huge blockbuster, three-team trade there. Trevor Bauer goes to the Reds, and the Indians still find a way to get better, even though they're giving up one of their top three starters in that rotation. They get the they desperately needed those outfield bats, those middle of the order middle of the order guys, and they got them in Framel Reyes, who comes in automatically as their home run leader on the team, and Yasiel Puig, who's a five tool threat. Noah, your thoughts on this three team deal? This is just a a big win for the Indians because we all knew they were only going to trade Bauer if it did not make them worse, or at least significantly worse. And you could argue that their rotation has taken a hit, but they've still got Kluber, who they're hoping to come back this year, Carrasco as well. They also got Logan Allen back in the deal, I believe. And so Logan Allen can theoretically yeah. slot into that rotation um, and perform uh, to a, at least a replacement level player, probably even more. And they had two middle-of-the-order bats. I mean, if you're the Indians, there's nothing more you can ask for in this Trevor Bauer deal. Um, and also, you're getting rid of a Trevor Bauer who's been kind of a head case for you. And I know you're getting a head case in return in Yasiel Puig, of course, in that fight yesterday, just moments after he got traded. A bit Legendary scary. moment. Legendary. I mean, Garrett took on the entire Pirates organization. So, uh, But it, control with Reyes is huge as well. They have a controllable bat, so... The Indians won this trade for sure. The Reds didn't lose it necessarily. If you're the Padres, I'm a little bit confused. Yeah, and the two players, Scott Moss went to the Reds as well, um, and Victor Novas, Victor Nova from the Padres to the Indians. So those are the two mm-hmm. extra prospects there. And Reyes has 27 home runs, which now leads the Indians. Robert, yeah. your thought? Your thoughts? Yeah, this is very interesting because I talked about at the beginning of the season that the Indians' outfield looked pretty bad in the offensive uh in retrospect, they were all defense. So, I mean, when you it's add all- Fran Mill Reyes, does that make him a DH? Are they going to put him in the outfield? Where's Fran Mill going to fit in this whole grand scheme of things? I'm very curious. And Yasiel Puig is a very interesting player, for sure. He's got his antics, but he's a solid player. He finds a way to get on base for a rare power hitter that he is. And he's got speed, and he has a heck of an arm. He's one of the best arms, if not the best in the game, next to Loriano and a couple others I can't list right now. But, yeah, you know, Yasiel yeah. Puig is a heck of an arm, heck of a player. I like this move. I'm really not sure what the Reds are doing with Bauer, but that's, you yeah. know, time will tell with that. And Taylor Tranmill, I mean, 
the the hype is real with this guy. I guess this guy's a big deal. So we'll yeah, see. He's, Padres he's like the a, young guys. He's de- having a down year, but number one prospect in the Reds organization and number thirty overall. Everyone's saying he's a five tool, could be a five tool phenom. So definitely a high upside type of guy for the Padres. I don't know. I think the Reds are the losers in this deal. I think the Indians won. They somehow managed to offload $18 million for next year while getting better. And the Padres got a big prospect back. So I think the Reds are the biggest loser in this one. You guys agree? Uh, I mean, the Reds got Trevor Bauer to add to Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, it's hard to know. It's Yeah, I guess that's true. And the Indians did get Moss, who I guess is very underrated. A lot of scouts they, like him. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, hey, hey, hey. It really is one of those things we have to wait a couple years to see. Yeah, this yeah. is one of those trades. We'll yeah. see how it's really going to maybe depend well, on actually, how Trammell does. Well, actually, you can does. find out this year with the Indians. If the Indians don't like go yeah. in, sure, yeah, but everyone we'll know. We'll know that the Indians are not the winners. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how Trammell develops for the Padres. Yeah, that is interesting. And moving to another NL Central team, the Chicago Cubs made a big deal today. Nick Castellanos from the Detroit Tigers today. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick Castellanos from the Tigers for cash considerations and a right-handed pitcher, uh, Paul Rick Richin and Alex Lang, who I believe was one of their first-round picks a few years back. Yeah. So kind of a bit decent haul for the Tigers for Nick Castellanos, who's having kind of a down year, 11 home runs, hitting 273, um, but they desperately needed kind of a, a a bat in that order. We saw yesterday they lost 2-1 to one to the Cardinals, so they definitely need some offense. So Nick Castellanos to the Cubs. It'll be interesting to see how uh, his defense plays, but um, that'll be something maybe the Cubs can work on. Robert, Nick Cassianos, the Cubs, your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of doubles this year, 37. Noah told me in the Stitches podcast chat that we have. So, I mean, I'm curious to see if those doubles can translate into power, into home runs. That's something Cassianos has been lacking this year. So if that can turn into home runs, it's a big win for the Cubs. That's been a big storyline, too. I mean, he said he doesn't like Comerica and 37 doubles. He has 11 homers and 37 doubles. 37 leads the majors. And Wrigley, some of those are going to fly out. And, I mean, yeah, it's a pure rental. But he's 27 years old. And I think playing on a winning team just does something to you mentally that might uh, benefit Castellanos here with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the NL East now, now this is going to be a really interesting race. Looks kind of like a two-horse race at this point. The Phillies kind of stand, didn't really do much. Um, but the Nats got three bullpen arms. The Braves got... Some impact bullpen arms, including Shane Green and Mark Melanson. Uh, this is going to be an interesting race to finish here because both teams needed bullpen help, and they got it. But who came out on top? Robert, do you think the Nationals or Braves, I mean, did they kind of break even? Or who kind of came out on top with some of these deals here? The Nats got Daniel Hudson and some other guys. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think they bra- they broke even here. I think the Nationals got some good arms. I had... Pretty sketchy, in my opinion, a couple of them. But, yeah. they, I mean, the market is what it is, and you have to go for what you got. And like I said, the Nationals are going to have to do it cheaply. They're not going to be getting your Felipe Vasquez's, Alex Colomay's of the world. It's not happening. So they had to go and get those arms, and it worked out in their favor. The Braves, on the other hand, they got they got some decent good guys. You know, Mark Melanson has some postseason experience. He's not too shabby. And Martin's actually a really nice-looking uh, player, despite him – being um, one of those late blossom players, he's not young, but he knows how to pitch. And Texas liked him a lot. They weren't sure if they were going to get rid of him, but the Braves found a way to get him. Yeah, and yeah, so they got Daniel Hudson, uh, Royance Elias, and Hunter Strickland were the two other guys, both from the Mariners, and both were kind of going to share that closer role in Seattle. So that's going to be interesting to see how they can help out the back in that bullpen. 
Noah, how, who do you think came out on top here among the NL East Giants this year? If you're talking about prestige of the players, I, def- I definitely think you got to lean to the Braves because Shane Green has been one of the best closers in baseball. And I know uh, the underlying numbers are going to show you that Shane Green isn't as good as his numbers show. His area definitely should be higher, but I mean, he's still a really good reliever. Then you had Mark Melanson, who's been a pretty good closer. Um, but I think the Nationals got some sneaky players. Daniel Hudson's been really good with the Blue Jays this year. He's had a he's been one of their better relievers. Um, and then Hunter Strickland and Ronis Elias. So it's really going to be interesting. I don't know if one team is the clear favorite. I think they both added a lot of arms, and they both did things that I think a lot of teams should have done, which is add multiple relievers. Um, and I mean, they both really shored up the, their bullpen. So. Uh, again, I, I think I got to agree with Robert here. I think it's almost a break even until we can really see how these players perform with their new clubs. Mm-hmm. And the Nationals are six and a half games back in the division, so but they've been really hot. Today. I don't see them coming. I think the Braves have really put themselves in a situation where I don't think they're going to drop. They've been yeah. beating the Nationals lately too. The Braves won today, it. and uh, yeah, I just don't see it. Happen. Going from one team that need bullpen help to another, the Minnesota Twins, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about them in this podcast. <laughs> they uh, they got Sergio Romo over the weekend. We saw him make his debut with the Twins on Tuesday night. Now they just acquired Sam Dyson from the Giants for three prospects. None of them really top prospects, um, just kind of middling prospects. So I think a pretty good deal for the Twins. But Sam Dyson has some closing experience. Obviously, he used to be with the Rangers. He's been doing a really good job in that Giants bullpen, and he's under control for uh, a couple of years, I think through 2021. So a good deal for the Twins, I think, all around. Noah, what are your initial thoughts on Sam Dyson with the Twins now? Sam Dyson controllable. And, I mean, they didn't give up too many big prospects, um, pretty decent ones. So uh, it's a it's a really good move, and it's a really late move. That being said, I think the Twins could have done more. Of course, they got Romos we talked about in our last episode, and then they got Dyson, I think they could have gotten a left-handed arm, which is why I think we're going to see Martin Perez go to the bullpen once postseason time comes around. Um, but they didn't give up the future of this team and go all in this year like a lot of people say they should have, which I, I agree with what they did because why would you go all in this year when I think you can match up with the Astros and Yankees on a good day? Um, but for the most part, the Yankees and the Astros still might be better than you. The Yankees are a little bit closer to us, but... Um, the Astros are ahead of you, especially after the Granky deal. So uh, I like these moves, and I think the Twins did a good job with them, but I think there definitely could have been a little bit more done. Robert, you were kind of sighing there. Yeah, you know, when you talked about you like the controllable future for the Twins, I'm looking at, you know, well, Nelson, Nelson Cruz is going to be gone. We talked about, you know, Scope, all these players. Maybe not the best players, but they're still very big, impactful players. And I don't, and especially Odorizzi is going to be gone too. I don't know if this Twins team is going to be looking good right now as of what they have moving forward there's still a lot of guys who have to step up quite a bit to be mm-hmm. uh, more impressed but the point of with this sam dyson trade it's not bad but it would have been nice to see them get another starter although when you look at how the market fell i don't think the twins could have got a starter and i think they would have gave up way too much so i mean like it's it's not a crazy deal it's not impressive really but it was definitely something they needed to fulfill and they did that with getting Dyson and obviously Sergio Romo. So yeah. I can't, I can't complain there. And I yeah. think the biggest question with this was, are, does this front office really believe in this team that they're going to try to help it up? And when that three o'clock time came around, they didn't make a move. We were all thinking, well, I guess they don't believe in this team enough. And then they get Sam Dyson. So it's enough to make them more competitive. 
But I also think that the Twins have a better pitching staff than has been led to be the last few months, like with Odorizzi yeah. being as bad as he's been. It's kind of like the same situation with the Yankees. They're grinding it out. They think they can be better, and they can be. It's just yeah. it's, it's just got to happen, and if it doesn't, it's, well, you missed out. Twins have the sixth best ERA in baseball, yeah. starting pitching, by the yeah. way. That's pretty good. I'll take it. All right, that'll wrap up our just kind of a quick fix for the trade deadline for our listeners. We'll have a bigger episode for you on Sunday where we'll be breaking down the winners and the losers of the trade deadline, three on each side. I can already tell you the Astros are going to be big winners and then the Yankees are going to be big losers. So stay tuned for our Sunday episode. That'll come out Sunday night. And we appreciate you tuning in. Like we said, what a just a whirlwind of a day. Uh, a reminder, we are on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Send your questions to Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's Podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us for our hot takes on Twitter at StitchesPod. That's at StitchesPod. All right. So uh, now it's time to see these moves in action in the coming days. We'll be talking to you on Sunday night. Thanks for listening in and take care.